take your best shot. I've made up my mind. I'm not going to let him down anymore. Thank you, choir. Bless God for the choir. Worship and arts ministry, Sister Janelle Mitchell, thank you so much. As we remain standing for the reading of God's word, as we continue this series that we began right after Memorial Day, it's called the Summer Series of 2018. The series is simply entitled The Harvest. For our theme for 2018 is a time of harvest. And from January to the end of May, we talked about the harvest from the perspective of what we can expect from the Lord. And now God asks us to shift the perspective. Look at the harvest not from our perspective of what we expect from God, but from God's, expect, God's perspective of what he requires of us as it relates to winning souls for the kingdom. Thank you so much for being a part of this series, your wonderful messages, and how you've responded in such an awesome way, Sundays and Tuesdays. So many of you fill this place, and others have joined us by way of internet, and we are so grateful. This is the seventh of 12 messages, and our text this morning is found in the gospel that has been recorded by St. Mark. Recorded by St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 through verse 42, reading from the New King James Version. If you love God's word, somebody say amen. 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 Hear the reading of God's holy word, beginning at verse number 40, chapter 1 of the gospel, which was, court, was recorded by St. Mark. Verse 40 reads, Now a leper came to him, came to Jesus, imploring him, one translation says, begging him, kneeling down to him and saying to Jesus, If you are willing, you can make me clean. <laughs> then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him and said to this man with leprosy, I am willing, be cleansed. Verse 42 says, as soon as he had spoken, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me say that again to get on the devil's nerve. As soon as he had spoken, Immediately, right away, the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Reach over and catch someone by the hand, as it is our custom to do. As we share the subject for today's message with each other, as well as place it into the atmosphere. Again, the series is entitled The Harvest. This is the seventh message in this series. As you squeeze those hands, 
Look at someone standing next to you and says, touching the untouchables. Now, before you sit down, look behind you and say, you ought to touch somebody. Amen. Y'all be seated. To all of you folk that don't like nobody to touch you. Sometimes y'all touch too much. Don't touch, just look at somebody and say, You ought to thank God He touched you. Amen. Touching the untouchables. Communication is essential to the human existence. Ever since the existence of mankind, mankind has always had the ability to communicate. In fact, in the garden, <laughs> there was a sense and a line and a protocol of communications. Not only is regular communications important, but nonverbal communications is also very important. Nonverbal communications such as touching has often been described by many behavioral experts as a very important method of human interaction. Those who study the existence of mankind be it psychiatrists, psychologists, anthropologists, anyone who just deals with man and the psyche of man or the existence of man will tell you that the nonverbal method of touching has always been essential to human interaction. In fact, it is said, my brothers and sisters, that sometimes I would agree with this assessment, listen to this, that sometimes one can convey more with just one touch than perhaps with a thousand meaningless words. And in this age of social media and everybody gotta express something out there, I have never witnessed as many words floating in the atmosphere, even emanating from the White House to the outhouse. Everybody's got to say something about everything. But I've come to realize that sometimes, listen to this, the fewer words you say, the more effective you can be. Particularly if you're in the business of helping to transform lives. Sometimes the greatest thing you can do to someone is just to touch them, embrace them, let them know that you care about them. That sometimes goes a lot further than any word you may say. If folk can just feel the genuineness of your passion towards them, 
by just a simple touch. May I preach this? Look at somebody and say, touch somebody. Touch somebody. Touching can convey both one's passion as well as one's anger. Touching can convey both one's joy as well as one's sadness. Touching can indicate one's approval as well as one's disappointment. I gave the church an example this morning of growing up. Now y'all have to, I'm dating myself because this was before DSS got overly active in how we communicate to our children. Somebody understand what I'm saying. There, 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 there was a time in which parents and other adults, they didn't have to say much. They can just walk by you and put their hands on you. And you will be able to discern the difference between I approve and disapprove. And God knows if you grew up in my house, where my father, I told everybody, they called my father the, the preaching preacher. We used to call him the whipping daddy. That's when he didn't mind reaching out and touching, even with his extenuating instruments such as a belt. But we knew Deacon Glover that he loved us and he cared for us. Something about a touch. Have you ever been touched by somebody who was praying for you and you felt the sincerity within their touch or if you've ever had your hands shaken by someone who was just doing it out of formality you were able to discern whether they cared for you or not sometimes a touch is all you need to be able to Understand whether someone is genuine or not. May I preach? Throughout the Bible, the significance of touching is often highlighted. Throughout Scripture, we see many examples of the importance and the significance of the touch, such as what is found in Mark chapter 5, verse 28. When a woman who had been sick for 12 long years, uh, she had an incurable disease that uh, made her bleed both internally and externally. The Bible says she has spent all she had. And as opposed to getting better, she got worse. But one day, she heard a commotion. She heard that a man named Jesus of Nazareth was passing his way uh, on his way to healing Jairus' daughter who was 12 years old. Uh, this woman with a disease that's 12 years long said, I don't want to interrupt him. I don't even need him to stop by my house. He doesn't have to uh, say anything over me. But if I can just get to him and touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. <laughs> Here's a woman who believed that there was power 
in the touch. How many of you know there's still power in the touch? Oh, y'all gonna make me preach this morning. Somebody in here has been in that situation before and, and you know that you're different because you've experienced the touch. And then in St. John chapter 20, verse 27, Jesus having been raised from the dead is now meeting with his disciples. But he confronts Thomas. You know the story about doubting Thomas. And Thomas said to the other disciples, I really don't believe that he's been resurrected. And until I can just touch for myself, until I put my hands in the wound, I will not believe it. Jesus walks through the door that has been shut. And he confronts Thomas in John 20 and 27. And he tells Thomas, reach out, Thomas. Touch my side. Touch the wounds in my hand. Thomas, having touched Jesus, declared these words, my Lord and my God. <laughs> How many of you know that after you touch the Lord, you were never the same. I wish I had a witness. Any, anybody in here know that you're, you're different right now because you've had an encounter with Jesus. And then, then the third uh, example that is found in Scripture, many others, but this other example that I want uh, to lift for your understanding is in Luke chapter 6 and verse 19, the New King James Version we find these words, and it says, and I quote, and the whole multitude sought to touch him. Whew. Look at somebody and say, everybody was trying to touch him. Oh, I, that, that'll preach by itself. I think I preached a message 20 years ago. Everybody ought to try to touch him. The whole multitude tried to touch him, for the power went out from him and healed them all. <laughs> Something about a touch that will make a difference in your life. Any witnesses in here? Can you clap those hands and thank God for the sacred touch? Now, those were three powerful and noted examples. However, perhaps one of the most profound examples that is found in scripture is the text we've chosen for today's message. In our text for today, we have a powerful, wonderful example of Jesus' compassion towards the least of these. Pay attention, if you will, towards the least of these, those considered by many as untouchables. What a powerful example. Listen, let me share with you some background as relates to St. Mark and his recording in the gospel account. Mark writes this text, and I, I love Mark's account of the gospel for several reasons. Allow me just the homiletical liberty to give you a few, few nuggets as it relates to background. 
Mark, John Mark was his name. You met him in Acts as a follower of Peter and the disciples, was in fact someone who was not one of the 12. In fact, they would tell you that Mark perhaps never met Jesus, but he was the recorder, the confidant of Peter. And so when you read the gospel that has been recorded by St. Mark, we are reading Peter's account of the life of Jesus. Now, I told the church this morning, I, I, the older I get and the longer I am in ministry, the more in love I am with the gospels. It is my favorite uh, uh, references of Holy Scripture. Listen, I appreciate the Apostle Paul. Paul is a very articulate writer, and he writes some very powerful things, but nothing takes the place of the Gospels. In fact, one of my distinguished colleagues, God bless his soul, that has gone on tragically to be with the Lord, the late Reverend Dr. Senator Clemente Pinckney, and I would often have conversations, and as Clemente was matriculating through seminary, he would often come by my desk and we would talk. And he said to me, Dara, the more I read the Bible, the more I appreciate that all we need to live holy is found in the Gospels. It is the Gospels. And so it is that that John Mark, the confidant of Peter, writes. Mark is believed by many biblical scholars to be the first of all the Gospels. Don't get confused by the order they are in scriptures. That is not in a timely order, uh, but Mark's account, Peter's account, as Mark dictates, uh, was written, many scholars believe, first. Somewhere around A.D. 60, between A.D. 60 and 64. I love Mark because it reflects Peter. And if you know anything about Peter, Peter wasn't a man that was so concerned about looking and sounding good. Perhaps it is why it is the shortest of all the Gospels. Why Matthew has 28 chapters, Luke has about 24 chapters, John about 21. Mark only has 16 chapters. And Mark kind of, Peter, as Mark dictates, kind of do away with all the flattery. They don't get into the genealogy and he begot who and she begot them. Mark just gets right into the Gospels. In fact, uh, if, you, if you read the first verse of the first chapter of Mark, the New Living Translation perhaps put it so great. It says, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah. In other words, Mark says, the gospel is not about you. It's not about how well I write or speak or how great I am. This is about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Uh, Mark wanted us to know that the reason the gospels are so important, because unlike Paul's writings, that dealt more with uh, the opinion of Paul through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Gospels are what Jesus said and what Jesus did. In fact, I think we ought to spend more time in the Gospels and less time looking for stuff to condemn people. Say that again. 
it seems as if the church has become obsessed with determining what Jesus does not like as opposed to being obsessed with what he does like. We spend more time on the stuff that we think takes people to hell, preach Pastor Jackson, than the things that send folk to heaven. Jesus in the gospel did something unique, not only with his words, but with his actions, which brings us to the text and brings us to what Peter wanted Mark to understand as he writes this gospel account, that Jesus wasn't a stuck-up individual. Can I say that again? For all of these self-righteous robe-wearing, staff-wearing, I've never seen so many preachers with so much garb on and so many chains on and so many robes on. Lord, have mercy. It adds about 20 pounds to them. They got the hat stoked. They got the staff. They got the rod. They got the chains. And everybody want a title and everybody want to be elevated to something. But what I like about Jesus is that none of those things impress Jesus. Preach, Pastor Jackson. And if you are going to be a follower of Jesus, you're going to have to treat everybody right. And you're going to have to walk in humility and simplicity. Excuse me, but the church has become too stuck up. I'm sick of ceremonies. I'm, I'm sick of all of that stuff. I'm sick of, folk, you don't know where you are. You think you go to church, you think you're somewhere in London uh, at the royal palace. You've got 20 folk walking down the line with red robes and handkerchiefs and stuff all on their head. I just pray, Sister Rose, that they don't faint coming down the aisle. Because half of them about 80 or 90 years old, and I say, Lord, have mercy. I hope they can make it down the aisle without passing out. Yes, I won't ever get invited to another convention. <laughs> but help me preach this and tell somebody that was not Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus, then you must be willing to touch the untouchables. Moxious. Peter dictates to his servant Mark, write this in the first chapter. Tell everybody not only what Jesus said, but help them understand what he did. Earlier in the chapter, Jesus says around verse 35 to 38, we must go now to towns we have not been in before. <laughs> Look at it. We've got to get out of our comfort zone, Jesus says. Jesus says, I've healed a whole lot of folk around here, but I need to go to towns we've never been to. Preach, Pastor Jack. We sit in church too long. Don't go places where church folk don't hang out. And if we're going to meet and greet those that nobody else want to touch, We've got to get beyond our comfort zone. So may I preach this? So, so Jesus tells his disciples that I'm changing our focus. 
because I am going where they are. The reason I pointed this out and why verses 35 to 38 and 39 are so important is because the leper did not come to where Jesus was. Jesus went to where he was. Jesus went to his town because Jesus was looking for him. And the Bible says as he left the area, spread throughout Galilee, verse number 40 says he encountered a man with the dreadful, deadly uh, disease of leprosy. Nothing stained one more than leprosy because like many other diseases, leprosy uh, was a disease that manifested itself both internally and externally. In other words, you can see the sores on somebody's body. Excuse the graphic of the description, but you can see the pus coming out of the sores and you can smell the vile odor that was associated with it. So much so they were forbidden to have any communications with anyone other than someone just like them. I'm going somewhere. If we want to make a difference in the world, we've got to go find somebody that only hangs around other folk that are just as bad as they are. Nobody wants anything to do with them. Lepers were prohibited if they entered into any area with close proximity of people. They were to cry out out of their own voice, unclean, unclean. Others would stand back and allow them to pass by. But under no condition, under no situation, should a leper touch Anybody without leprosy or someone without leprosy should touch a leper. Because here's what the law says. The law says that if you touch a leper, the community could assume from your contact that you have become just like them. Somebody got to understand how God is setting this up. So yeah. Jesus knew all of this, but yet Jesus goes by the leper's colony. He goes by the village where the lepers live. And Jesus goes and a leper comes up to him. Verse 40, a man with leprosy, Dr. Luke, described him as being full of leprosy. He comes up to Jesus and this man demonstrated something phenomenal. He demonstrated both courage and faith. The courage was, he had the courage to know that once I approach Jesus and if he should decline my invitation, then I've exposed myself. I can be stoned to death and I may not make it out alive. He had to have the courage to do something that nobody else in his condition would do. Can I preach? If you want to be delivered, if you are looking for a miracle, you've got to be willing to do things that other folk just as desperate as you are will not do. Can I preach to somebody? Look at your neighbor and say, how bad do you want it? That is the question. 
How bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough? Do you have the courage to do something that nobody else would do in a public setting? Do you have the courage to acknowledge Jesus and fall down on your knees and worship him when others are too ashamed to do it? I need to preach to somebody, how bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to give God a Shabbat holler from the depths of your belly? If God says scream, would you scream? If God says holler, would you holler? If God says wave your hands in the air like you don't care what anybody thinks of you. Look at somebody and say, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want America? Do you need it bad enough to tell somebody sitting next to you, excuse me for a moment, I'm about to get loud. I don't want to get on your nerve, but Jesus. Every now and then, everybody ought to have one good Jesus holler. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I'm in the wrong church. Maybe I'm in the church with the big robes and the big hats and the staff. But let me say that again. Everybody ought to have one good Jesus holler. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. My family is falling apart. My job is going crazy. Look at somebody and say, excuse me. I've got to let out of Jesus holler. Everybody, from the top of your voice, cry, Jesus! I need a miracle! Something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. Somebody, before the week is over, somebody's gonna see the manifestation of your faith. Something, I'm trying to move on. To somebody say, neighbor, get ready. Before the week is over, Something is about to happen with your name on it. 
Somebody help me call him. Help me. happens when you call him. <laughs> Y'all excuse me. Tell somebody something happens when you don't care what folk think about how you call on the name of Jesus when it doesn't bother you if folk think you're crazy or not. If they think you've lost your mind or not. But I need a miracle and I don't have time to be cute. I dare you to throw your head back and say, Jesus! was his courage. Now note his faith. Look at somebody say that was courage. Now take note of his faith. This man was a leper, but he had the faith to say, if you are willing, Lord, I know something about you. I know this about you, that if you are willing, you can make me clean. Lord, I don't know everything, but I have the faith to believe that God can do what I ask him to do. Anybody got the faith to believe that he is a healer? Because somebody say he is a heart fixer. He is a mind regulator. He is a provider. He is a bridge over troubled water. He is the bright as the morning star. Anybody know he is? I know who you are, Lord, and I need to be healed. I know you can do it. <laughs> Lift your hands and say, Lord, I know. I know you can do it. Do you believe God can do it? I 
know if you're willing you can make me clean Jesus stops in his track and he did something the man didn't even ask him to do the man never asked him Jennifer to touch him he just said heal me but Jesus said I'm not only going to heal you but I'm going to do something for you nobody else Elder Jeff would do I'm going to touch you to tell you this don't get confused the touch did not heal him the word did because the Bible says Jesus says I'm willing be cleansed and then immediately he was healed so the word was for him the touch was for everybody around him the touch pastor lawson was for everybody else to see that jesus does not mind being associated with a man like this and the reason he touched you because he wanted everybody else to know you belong to me are you glad about it? Lift those hands. I've got to do this. I have to be obedient. Get ready, Bill. God told me to end this. When he touched your life, it was for all the naysayers and all the critics and all the super holy folk that didn't think you were worthy to be touched. <laughs> he didn't have to touch him. Sal, he didn't have to touch him. He could have just said, be cleansed. But the touch was to validate him. The word healed him. The touch said, you are somebody. I know your condition. Know your situation. Ooh. Others may have written you off, but not me. <laughs> Others may not want anything to do with you. Your own parents may not speak to you, but not me. There are people today that we deal with. It. I've heard stories that others have told me where parents won't even talk to their children because they don't agree with what's going on in their lives. Who are you to judge? If Jesus touched the leper, why can't we touch each other? Uh, God says, I touch him because I wanted everybody around him to know that I validated him. I did what nobody else would do. Y'all excuse me. But I can't help but think how he touched my life. Somebody lift your hands if you're so glad that he touched you. I can't help but think that one day I was, I was shackled. I was bound. I was confused. I didn't know how I would make it. But he touched me. 
The song says, shackled by a heavy burden, neath the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm no longer the same. Lift those hands and say, he touched me. Reason we should touch others is because he touched me and all the joy that floods my soul. Thank you, Sal, for the word. Something happened, and now I know. <laughs> Y'all excuse me, but he touched me. Anybody so glad he touched you? Leave your seats and run to this altar right now and say something happened. And now I know he touched me and made and made me whole. Come on, Bill. He touched me. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. He touched me. Thank you, thank you, Bill. Yeah. And oh, Ooh. what joy yeah, yeah, yeah. that flood my soul. Something, something happened. I was a leper, I was a leper. And now, and now, now, I know. When nobody else wanted to touch you, he touched me. Jesus Woo. touched me. And he made me, he made me whole. Don't leave if you don't have to. Something is going to happen in here. He touched me. He touched me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, gee, Jesus touched me. If you want the Lord to touch you right now, I don't care who you are, what you've done, and what others have said about you. Come on. We all are untouchables. But he touched us. Oh, what joy. That flood my soul. Thank you, Bill. Something. Something. Come on, that's right. In the Something balcony, happened. we'll wait on you to come from the balcony. And, and right now, and right now, right now, I know. Jesus touched me. And he made me, the Lord made me whole, shackled by a head, I was bound, y'all. Same bill. Shackled by a heavy burden. We're worshiping right now. Everybody wants to worship, just stand in the aisleways, come to the altar. The Lord of guilt as Bill ministered to us through songs. Come on, and shame. Ooh. Then the hand, then the 
hand of Jesus touched me. And now, <laughs> and now, I'm no longer. I am no longer. Ooh, thank God, I'm no longer the same. Ooh. He he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And, and, and oh, oh, what joy that filled my soul. I can't tell you what it was, but something, something happened. And now. I said it was G. Jesus touched me. It wasn't my mother. It wasn't my father. It was G. Jesus touched me. It wasn't the preacher. It was G. Jesus touched me. I looked at my hands and my hands looked new. Jesus touched me. I looked at my feet and my feet did too. Jesus touched Come me. On, Thank God he touched me. 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 And he made me. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a new creature today because yeah, 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 he made yeah. me whole. Listen, I want to tell you a story as musicians play. I had just become pastor of the church. I think it was around 1997, 98. I was confronted with something that broke my heart. A mother came to me, and she says, Dara, I need you to do me a favor. She said, maybe you don't want to do it. Everybody else has turned me down. But my son has just died, and you know him. He was active in the community. And the mother says, unfortunately, he died from AIDS. This is 97, 98, and our own church says you can't bring him here. You can't have that funeral here. Said to this mother, we don't want that casket to come in our church. Mother came, tears streaming down her face. We weren't even in this building. We were next door. And she says, I I don't understand, Daryl. How can people who say they love Jesus, and she said this to me, don't act like Jesus. I was a young pastor, and, I, and she says, 
Y'all don't have to let us have it here. We'll just, we'll just go to the graveyard. But my son was a young man of faith. He wasn't perfect. He went to church every Sunday. I want him to have a church funeral. So I went to my dad, Chip. I said, Dad, I, I know I'm the pastor now. But God told me to open our doors. God says, open it. And the mother asked me to do the eulogy. I said, Dad, I, I don't know what people are going to say. Dad grabbed my hand. He says, son, don't ever apologize for acting like Jesus. We had that service. I did the funeral. Sometimes later, I received a note from one of his friends in another state that says, I gave my life to the Lord because of that service. And I'm now walking with the Lord. And the Holy Ghost said, I told you to do what the Lord instructed you to do. We must be willing to move out of our comfort zones. And I'm gonna tell you something. There are those that didn't like it. Members of his own congregation didn't like it. But I did not once look back because I knew that this is what God wanted us to do. Here is my challenge to you. There are people that don't look like you and act like you or even believe everything you believe. But we have an obligation to treat them like Jesus would treat them. Come on, tell them again. There's something happened. Something happened. Happened. And now, and now, lift those hands if he ever touched you. I know. Anybody glad he touched you? He, oh, uh, he touched me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so glad he didn't and give up on me. And oh, I'm so glad he didn't give up on me. Oh, what joy. Maybe my issue wasn't your issue. Your issue is not my, my issue. But the truth is we all are leprous. Oh, we all have issues that only I God can something. straighten out. Something happened. Something happened. And now I know it was Jesus who touched me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he made me. Thank God I'm whole. Listen, close those eyes. Go back and read the end of that story. Guess what? That leper became an evangelist. <laughs> Ooh, 
Jesus told him, now keep it to yourself, but he couldn't keep it. The Bible said, Mr. Jeff, he ran and told everybody. And because he became an evangelist, the text says so many people came to Jesus. Ooh, so many people came to Jesus simply because Jesus was willing to touch the untouchable. Close those eyes if you hear this day. God wants you. God loves you. You don't have to be perfect. None of us are. All of us have been delivered from something. Most of us are still struggling with something. But God, ooh, let this be your day. If God is speaking to you today, don't go home and wait until next Sunday. But God, you just meet me at this altar right now. I want to put my arms around you. I want you to know that you are special to the Lord. After we pray this prayer, Lord, we thank you. We, we bless you. Thank you for the harvest. Thank you. Because you didn't have to touch this man. You could have healed him without touching him. But the touch was to validate it. Touch was so that others would know that this man was all right with you. I thank you, Lord, for touching us. When others didn't think we were worthy, your grace, your mercy, your love touched us. And now we'll never be the same because something happened that changed our lives. Thank you, Lord. As we touch those that nobody else would touch, remind us we do it because you touched us. This is our prayer. We ask in your name, we pray. And those who know it is already done, said amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, he touched me. If you're here today, and I, I know we have the card, but maybe there's somebody today that just say, here I am, Pastor Jackson. Come on. You, you don't have to be perfect. You don't just come right now. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Others are coming. Come just stand. Oh, what joy that fill my soul. Others are coming. Come stand at the altar right now. Something. Something. Others are coming. Something's happening. This, this young boy just lost his daddy Since two weeks ago. She's standing here with him. Yeah. God is able. Anyone in here ever lost a husband or loved one? I just want you to just come lay your hands on her right now. I will never cease. I won't stop praising him. I'll shout it while eternity, while eternity rolls. He touched me. 
Come on, come and stand with this young lady. Thank God. Lost her husband. Jesus touched me. This young boy lost his dad. It's tough. People that are standing around you have all they have also been where you are. Oh, what joy. And God can make you laugh again. God can give you joy again. Everybody stretch your hand right here. Something happened. Something. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Somebody else, you're going through something right now. Whatever it is right now, God's calling you. Come on. God, God can make a difference right now. In Jesus' name. We count it already done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we clap our hands and take these in the back. Come on. We're out to work on As we take them in the back. Come on, Bible, we stand to your feet and celebrate these at the altar. Come on. Come on, celebrate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, yes. Thank you, Lord. Come on. God praise for the message and the souls that were being ministered to, touching the untouchables as we enter into our Holy Communion. We're going to go directly into a Holy Communion as the, those that are in the balcony.